Hey there, future friends! This week, we learned that friendship is indeed magic, but without the ponies. We need to find our faith, and the web is looking just a bit familiar. This is the week of September 2nd, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome. We have an interesting week in the sense that we have a lot of films in the limited release section and the wide releases are just a little short. But don't we kind of expect that at this time of year now that the summer season is over, blockbuster season is done with? Now, aren't a lot of movies coming out with all of their flicks before we get into fall and winter? Like This is a really good time for them to get them all out. So you know what? Why not? Just do it. Well, my friends, in case you're new, let me tell you what it is we do on this show. On this show, I tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week. I tell you what they're about, as well as who's in it. And in the limited release section, that's it. Maybe I'll give a thought or two on it, but I really just tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. In the wide releases and interesting indies section, I tell you about all the movies That are nationwide releases, as well as everything coming to a major streaming service, and those limited release movies that did catch my eye. In that section, not only do I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, but I will give my thoughts on it. And then I'll give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for those awful looking films to an 11 for those films that just make me oh so excited to be a movie lover. I then give you a pick of the week, which I say, hey, friend, if you see one movie this week, this is going to have the best chance of being a worthwhile movie. Am I always right? God, no. No, I'm not. But I base all of my guesses, all of my opinions only on the trailer, because let's face it, that's how movies have to sell themselves to us. But now, my future friends, let's jump into the first section, which is the limited releases. And we're going to start with a movie called Explorer. This is the portrait of the world's greatest living explorer, Sir Ranulph Fiennes. This film goes beyond the record-breaking achievements to explore the man behind the myth. So this is a documentary, and if you're into explorers and mountain climbers and shit like that, then this could be for you, but for everyone else, easy skip. I'm not sure if I said already, but this is coming out to video on demand. I don't believe it's getting a theater release. Next up, we have a movie called And... I can't make this up, my donkey, my lover, and I. Another video on demand release. A school teacher crashes her married lover's family vacation and befriends a donkey named Patrick. Yeah, no, you, you heard that right. This is a movie from friends, because where else could make a movie like this? After that, we have a film called Peter von Kant. This is a limited release film. This is the film adaptation of the cult play, The Bitter Tears. This is a movie from France, again, and stars Denis Minochet from Inglorious Bastards, Isabel Adjani, I think, from Possession, and Hannah 
Shigwala or Shigula from the Delta Force. Yeah, that old ass Chuck Norris movie. This is written and directed by Francois Ozon. Who is he? I have no clue, but the trailer really wanted to make sure we knew. After that, we have a film called Waiting for Bojangles, another limited release, no VOD here. In front of their little boy, Camille and George dance to their favorite song, Mr. Bojangles. With them, there is only place for fun and fantasy. This is a movie from France, again, and stars Virginia Elfira, I think is how you say it, from L. So that actually is a terrible, terrible uh, premise from IMDb. It's more a movie about mental health because we have Camille and George and they meet one day and fall in love, uh, this amazing, passionate love, and they have a kid and every day they have parties. It seems like a terrible place to live, at least for someone like me. Maybe you would love it. But drinking and parties every day and they still try and be good parents and then one day the mom breaks. And so it's about the family trying to stay together with her mental break. So if that sounds good to you, it's coming out this week. After that is a film called The Harbinger, simultaneous limited theatrical and video on demand release. When a family moves their troubled daughter to a small town and their neighbors start mysteriously dying, they fear something evil has followed them. This stars Madeline McGraw from The Secret of Sulphur Springs, Irene Bedard from The Stand, the most recent Stand, and Teal Redman from Gilmore Girls. So I was torn with this movie because there's, there's a small chance that this is going to be one of those sleeper Halloween hits, kind of like Trick or Treat, where you don't hear anything about it and then all of a sudden people love it because maybe they skipped it in theaters, maybe it got a limited release or it was straight to VOD, but then somehow people see it and love it. It could be one of those, but the trailer just left me so torn because some of it looked pretty good and some of it looked just a little too silly, where it goes from corny to stupid, and that can really kill a movie. So I had to put it in the limited section. After that, we have another horror, VOD, released this week, coming to Blu-ray October 11th, called Tiny Cinema. A mysterious stranger tells the twisted tale of a seemingly unconnected strangers caught in a series of otherworldly events whose lives will change in incredible ways forever. And it's funny I just mentioned Trick or Treat because this is that kind of movie where you have all these stories that will somehow intertwine by the end of the movie. But just like The Harbinger, this looks like it's just a little too dumb and I couldn't quite get on board with it. This actually might be a short episode this week because I'm most of the way through the limited releases already. So uh, let's see. Maybe we'll do a short one with the next movie called Wire Room, limited theater only for this one. While on wire room duty, a federal agent listens in as the target is attacked in his home by a hit squad. Without burning the wire, he must protect the investigation and the target's life from the confines of a room 50 miles away. This stars Bruce Willis from Look Who's Talking, Kevin Dillon from Entourage, and Texas Battle from Coach Carter. So Bruce Willis retired from acting. He does have like two or three more movies past this one that are still going to come out. And he's given us a lot of great stuff. But unfortunately, more recently in his career, he's given us a lot of these movies that don't... It's not that they look bad. I don't think this looks like a bad film, per se. I don't think his last few movies with What's-His-Face from One Tree Hill, um, Ch Chad Michael Murray, 
I don't think those look bad at all. They There's just no reason for me to see it. They don't tell me why this movie needs to be seen by me. They're just basic crime movies. And if you like crime movies and you're a fan of Bruce Willis or Kevin Dillon or even Texas Battle, check this out. If not, skip it. Three more movies in the limited section, and we're going to continue with a movie called Gigi and Nate. This is a limited-only release. A young man's life is turned upside down after he is left a quadriplegic. Moving forward seems near impossible until he meets his unlikely service animal, Gigi, a curious and intelligent capuchin monkey. This stars Charlie Rowe from Rocketman, Marsha Gay Harden from The Mist, Jim Belushi from K-9, Josephine Langford from Moxie, and Zoe Margaret Coletti from Fear the Walking Dead. Do you want a basic feel-good movie that seems like it isn't even that interesting? Then check this out. Next up, we have One Way, another limited-only release. Freddy, a petty criminal, is on the run with a bag full of cash and coke. He's way in over his head and hurt bad. With a bullet in his gut, he's running out of time. Fast. This stars Colson Baker from The Dirt, Kevin Bacon from Trimmers, Travis Fimmel from Vikings, Drea DeMatteo from Sopranos, and Storm Reed from A Wrinkle in Time. And my friends, if you're wondering to yourself, if you're like, hey, Colson Baker, that name sounds familiar, or maybe you're even saying, I have no idea who the f*** that is, it's because Machine Gun Kelly is no longer using his stage moniker in acting. Now he's Colson Baker. Even though I like Kevin Bacon, I am not a fan of Machine Gun Kelly, so I'm going to skip this film. But you know what? If you like him, check this out. Why not? And finally, in the limited section, we have a movie that I, I, I'm still kind of struggling with because I almost put it in the wide release section, and it's called Burial. A small group of Russian soldiers have the task of taking Hitler's discovered remains back to Stalin in Moscow. This stars Charlotte Vega from 2021's Wrong Turn remake or technically reboot since they changed the whole premise, but whatever. Harriet Walter from Sense and Sensibility, the 1995 version, I'm being oddly specific with these, and Tom Felton from Harry Potter. So this trailer did look kind of cool, but the reason it didn't make it into the wide releases section is because the premise is very basic. I mean, nothing's basic about transporting Hitler's body, but it sounds basic. A group of soldiers trying to take one thing from one place to another, and there's probably people who want to stop them. Easy. But the trailer didn't even hint that it was Hitler's body. In fact, it made me think that it was a vampire or a werewolf or some sort of monster. Because when they're transporting it, they have to bury the box each night. And then it kind of implies that they're being hunted, but not by people, but by something supernatural. So I don't really know what's going on. This could be an interesting movie. So for this, I would 100% wait for others to see it and then see what the consensus is. You know what movie it gives me the same vibes of is 2020's Shadow in the Cloud. You know, remember that one with Chloe Grace Moretz where she's a soldier trying to get back somewhere, but this winged monster is trying to take down her plane or some shit like that. It gives me vibes like that. So keep an eye out for this one. See what other people say. People you trust. You know, don't don't rely on critics. They, they're not trustworthy. But my future friends, as it for the limited section, let us jump into our first and only break as we hear a word from our friends at the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. And we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? 
Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, we are back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. But before we get into it, I have a couple of notes. First, Jurassic World Dominion is coming to Peacock this week. So if you're looking for something new to watch on streaming and you didn't catch Jurassic World Dominion in theaters, you can now watch it on Peacock. And also, if you're a fan of the movie Jaws and who isn't, it is coming to IMAX and IMAX 3D for at least a week starting on September 1st. So IMAX only if you have one near you and you love Jaws and you want to see it in theaters, check it out. It is an IMAX only event, so... I would look at tickets before you go to try and find it. I don't see it selling out with showings, multiple showings in one week, but it's worth a check. So we only have four movies in the wide releases. So why not stop beating around the bush and jump right into it with a movie called Love in the Villa. This is a Netflix release coming out on the first. So by the time you hear this episode, it should already be out. A young woman takes a trip to romantic Verona, Italy after a breakup only to find that the villa she reserved was double booked and she'll have to share her vacation with a cynical British man. Oh no, whatever will she do? This stars Cat Graham from Vampire Diaries, Tom Hopper from The Umbrella Academy, and Raymond Black from Ginny and Georgia. So we have a basic rom-com. You know what to expect with this, but the only reason that I'm not a little more excited for it, because I do love rom-coms, the only reason I'm not more into it is the fact that the first part of the trailer looked bad. Like, there's a spill take where Tom Hopper is coming out of the bathroom or the back bedroom or something, and he sees Cat Graham in the villa, and he gets scared and spills his wine all over himself, and I've never seen such an unconvincing spill take before. And they they prank each other for a little bit, trying to get the other one to leave, and it's just so cheesy but not in a good way it just looks really bad like so bad that if you were watching it you might even just turn it off and walk away but it does have the bonus of they do seem to have good chemistry when the part of the trailer where they're trying to prank each other ends and they start having a good time together that is actually quite charming but i just can't get some of those cringy pranks and that terrible spill take out of my mind and for that i just i just can't can't watch this unless people i trust or any of you reach out to me and go hey i actually watched this and it was pretty good i think i will skip this love in the villa had promise but it just seems like it missed the mark love in the villa gets a five out of eleven 
Next up, my friends, is another Netflix movie. This one actually coming out on Friday, and it's called Ivy and Bean, Two Unlikely Friends, The Loud and Fearless Bean, and The Thoughtful and Quiet Ivy. Yet the two discover that an adventure can reveal that even seemingly different people can become the best of friends. This stars Sasha Piertris, I think, from Pretty Little Liars, Jane Lynch from Glee, Nina Vardalos from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family, Marcy T. House from Julie and the Phantoms, and Madison Sky Validum as Bean and Kesley Blaylock as Ivy. You know how I say on the show, if, if you're not new, you may know that sometimes I go, hey, if you have a family, this movie could be for you. May not be interesting on your own, but if you have kids and want to have a movie night, that is this movie. It looks adorable. The trailer actually made me laugh, and I am 100% not the target audience for this movie. So if I did have young children, especially young girls, I would 100% want to watch this because I think it would make a great movie night. But if you're like me, don't have kids, then I say skip it. So if you do have a family, if you do have kids, want to have a nice movie night, like maybe get a pizza, watch something new. I give this an eight out of 10. I think it's a quality looking film. Hell, if your kids have even read the Ivy and Bean books, because they are based on books, I would 100% watch this then. But for everyone else, skip it. While it doesn't look bad, there's just no real reason to watch it. So to reiterate, if you have a family, Ivy and Bean gets an eight out of 11. All right, next up, and the final movie before pick of the week is called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. This is a nationwide release. In the aftermath of a huge scandal, Trinity Childs, the first lady of a prominent Southern Baptist megachurch, attempts to help her pastor husband, Lee Curtis Childs, rebuild their congregation. This stars Regina Hall from Girls Trip, Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us, Nicole Bihari, I think, from Sleepy Hollow, the TV show, and Austin Crute from the more recent movie, They Slash Them. And I, I just remember that this is also coming out on Peacock, so if you already have Peacock, you don't even have to go to the theaters to see this one. So this is mainly about Trinity Childs, played by Regina Hall, and she is the first lady of a church, because I guess that's a thing that they have. And it's not like this is a regular church, not like that you and I would go to. This is a mega church, one of those one of those churches that deals with money in the millions. And you wonder why the pastors are so rich. So there's some sort of scandal involving Lee Curtis Childs, and she is helping rebuild. And I get the feeling, strongly get the feeling, that she is only doing her part because she is the first lady and married to the pastor. But something doesn't seem right with her doing this. I bet you she has a lot to say, the lot she wants to say on what she's thinking about the whole thing, but is really just playing the part. This looks like an entertaining and funny movie. It also looks like it's commentary on these mega churches. So I think this could be well worth a watch, especially because you can watch this on a streaming service you may already have or someone you know has it. This has been produced by Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya. So I think that's really cool right there. We have two proven people behind this, two proven people starring in this. Regina Hall has been around for a long time and she is really good. Sterling K. Brown is fantastic. I like seeing him do comedy, especially when it's not straight up comedy. When you're laughing because it shouldn't be funny is the thing. 
And it also feels like his character, Pastor Childs, could just flip at a moment and just be a gigantic a-hole. Even though we don't see it in the trailer, I just get that feeling from it. I think this is a movie with layers, even though it's just delivered to us as a comedy. And if you were ever part of the church community, and especially if you ever went to a mega church, this really could be something for you because you may even appreciate some of the commentary in it. This movie looks entertaining, but also kind of skippable. Like if you miss this, are you really missing out? No, but it could be something to keep your eye on just in case one day you just want something to make you smile or even make you think. This could be it. Honk for Jesus gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, it is time for the pick of the week. And the pick of the week is, oddly enough, a movie that we've talked about before. It's been the pick of the... Actually, this was never the pick of the week because when it came out, I didn't do any new shows because I was in another country. And that movie is called Spider-Man No Way Home. The more fun stuff version. So yes, you already know who's in this and what it's about. So I won't go into that, but I will say that when this movie first came out last year in December, I was in the UK, so I did not do an episode, but it is easy to say that it would have been the pick of the week because I was super excited for this film. It looked really good. It looked like it could be one of the best MCU movies yet, and it was. And Spider-Man No Way Home was a wonderful example of how fan service can be done right, how fan service can be done and still have a good movie. Thor Love and Thunder just kind of skirted that line. It got a little goofy at times, but Spider-Man No Way Home did it so much better. And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on Thor Love and Thunder. I really enjoyed it. I just think Spider-Man No Way Home was better. Even because, and maybe maybe even especially because, it hit me in the nostalgia area a little more, especially because we saw Tobey Maguire again, especially because we saw Andrew Garfield again. Andrew Garfield, who only now people are giving the respect he deserves. He was never the problem with his movies. He was a great Spider-Man. And getting to see him again as Spider-Man even got people calling for another amazing Spider-Man movie, which we should have had. But what's different about this? What is different about the more fun stuff version? Well, let me tell you. Ed has 15 minutes of deleted scenes, which doesn't sound like much, but it is kind of impressive. Think... Think how long a regular deleted scene is, and then that they have 15 minutes of them. And I think that's really great. Because normally when we see deleted scenes, when we see a director's cut, when we see a full version of a film, it's only after its release on Blu-ray. That's when we see it. Or sometimes it gets a theatrical re-release. But with this, we get it almost a year after the original. And enough time has passed that I would definitely see this again. In fact, I wanted to see it more than once in theaters, but it just didn't work out. Now could be the time. If you miss it in the theaters the first time through, see it. Why not? No reason not to see this, especially if you are a fan of the Marvel movies. But I will be honest, if anything even remotely better was coming out this week, that would have been the pick. If anything more impressive looking than Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul was coming out, then I would have picked that. Because this is mainly for the people who miss it the first time and the fans, the, like the big fans. This is for this is for us. But if you're like some of my friends who saw it, liked it, maybe may even watch it again later, but aren't in any hurry to, then you're just going to skip this. And if you want to skip this, that's fine. If you don't want to see a new movie this week, you're not interested in seeing this in theaters again. Fine. I fully understand. 
But for those of us who got so excited with it, this is your chance to see it again. And this is the movie to do it for. Because I bet you there's a lot of deleted scenes for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But I, I just wouldn't want to see it again because it was just kind of a mediocre movie. Well, Spider-Man No Way Home was really good. It was actually a good film. What was even more impressive with this film was that they had such a huge cast. Everyone that returned, it was amazing. And it didn't get convoluted. We have a movie about the multiverse before Multiverse of Madness came out. We have we had the movie that introduced the idea of the multiverse. Well, that and um, the TV shows. But we have the movie that was one of the first things to bring the multiverse to our attention. And it didn't get convoluted or confusing. And that was really cool. We could see all of the Spider-Men again. And it didn't feel like it was just some fan service that was cringy and not worth your time. It was worth your time. It was fun. It was done in the spirit of comics. It was done with the spirit of the Spider-Man comics and the movies that came before them. The characters were so familiar to us because we know them so well. It was great to see Tobey Maguire again, who had arguably one of the best comic book movies ever with Spider-Man 2. Unfortunately, then followed up by Spider-Man 3, but hey, it's not the worst. Then we have Andrew Garfield, who gave us two good movies, but never got the third. Maybe he will now because of this. I still wouldn't hold my breath. I still don't really think it's going to happen. But if it was ever going to happen, this movie secured it. Spider-Man No Way Home is one of the best movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is our chance to see it again on the big screen with the deleted scenes in it. And since we've already had the Blu-ray release, we can be pretty confident that they're not sitting on more and just another year later going to go, hey, we have more to show you to give us more money. Out of all the movies in the MCU, this is the best one to do a re-release for, and I, I'm i actually very excited to see it. My future fans, the re-release of Spider-Man No Way Home gets a 9 out of 11. The only reason it didn't get anything higher is because it is a re-release, we've seen it before. But with that, it is time to send you along your way to listen to the other great podcasts you may enjoy. And I hope they are the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to share the show with your friends. That is how we grow. Please be sure to rate my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I would love all the stars, please. And always reach out to me. You can find the ways to contact me in the link tree in the show notes. I am here. I am available. Do you want to recommend a movie to me? Do you want a movie recommendation? Do you just want to talk about movies? Let me know. I'll be here. But for now, my future friends, until next week, remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off, and I'll see you in the future.